Hey, this is Jeremy Roenick, and guess what? You guys are listening to The Jim Bob Show. Hey, this is Wayne Larrabee, and you're listening to Roar on WGN. Hey, this is Jim McMahon, and you're listening to The Jim Bob Show. I had to pop a beer for this one. Hello, boy. Yeah. Hey, this is Brian Urlacher, and you're listening to The Jim Bob Show. That's awesome. Oh, that's then, it. How about one? This is Brian Urlacher. I'm not a bitch. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's I about love it. that one. <laughs> Half the coaches in the league, the Mondays were the worst. And that's when you really got tested when you came off a tough loss. You got into the office on Monday. You found out two more players were hurt. You didn't realize the sky's always fallen in the NFL on Mondays. Chicago's been a great sports town. They're hungry for people that play hard. And if you play hard and win, they love you forever. 720 WGN High atop Chicago Skyline Studio and on great stations around the country. Jim Bob here. You talk about this. You got four Different teams vying for an opportunity to play in the Super Bowl. Quarterback-driven, keys to their success all season. Four totally different guys. Yeah, and what happens is each one of those teams, the success of them really goes with the flow of, of how the quarterback's going to play. And we've got one of our, our favorite guests on the line, the guy from Throw It Deep, Mr. Jeff Christensen, and he is uh, Patrick Mahomes' throwing coach and, and good friend and, and buddy. And so we wanted to bring Jeff on, and we wanted to talk about, you know, hey, has Patrick Mahomes never played in a, in, a, in a divisional championship? So, I mean, golly, talk about a, starting off a pretty good – Hall of Fame career here for him, but we want to talk about these playoff games, how they differ, how you prepare mentally and so forth. And we want to get, Jeff, get your perspective on on how how these guys prepare for this and why it's different. Yeah, I mean, it's all across the board, right? I mean, golf is playing at the highest level of his life by far. The Purdy's playing, obviously, lights out. Lamar Jackson, who Todd Munkin, who's been a dear friend of mine for many years, is offense coordinator there now. And what he's done there with him is remarkable. He's playing at the highest level possible. And I don't think there's probably another guy on the planet that after what Pat's been through this year could be standing where he's standing with everything that's happened except Pat and the simple way that he's done it. He's never one time. I mean, you get angry. I mean, you, you know, a guy drops a pass, you can get angry and upset like if a brother elbows in the mouth in a basketball game, you get upset. But he's always re-upped and had every one of his teammates back and, and and believed in him. And that's why they play so hard for him. He just has a he has a space in his heart and his brain where he ain't gonna lose and he's gonna bring everybody up to his level and he makes everybody so much better. And you get a bunch of men that believe in each other that much, a lot a lot of great stuff can happen. So, yeah. Well, Jeff, we're seeing, you know, obviously on the technique side, and you've been a big part of helping to shape some of that and the physical talents that Patrick Mahomes has is obviously there. But what we're seeing through this game, a lot of challenges, different situations, right? Where we're seeing that mental side of it. Is that something that you coach or you see, or he's just blessed to have in addition to the other things? I think what happens there is because I have Baker and what you saw Baker do this year, too. It all, it's like a, it's like a boiling pot, right? It all just kind of goes together and grows, and and they become sponges. And the more secure they get inside their own skin through conflict, the more they grow and mature. And then the confidence, there's a lot of guys that act confident. There's a lot of guys that beat their chest. There's a lot of guys that go, Yahoo, let's go. Let's go kick their tail. Let's do this. Let's do that. But there are some guys that say it, and 
their teammates respond in a certain way, and it's just fact because they've done it so many times. And that out-of-control confidence that then happens there because of it, it's it's really cool to be around. And how I how I look at it, Jim Bob, and you've been in those huddles, and you and I have had a lot of talks about it in the box, the O'Connell kid at the Raiders that I've had for a long time, Baker, Pat, all those guys that have this thing in their DNA. It's just a look in their eye that when you're talking to them, they kind of it, it's like a little distant look. It's like they're kind of looking through you. It's kind of like they're they're already down the road in the conversation. They're already past that point. They've already done the math on the big picture, and they're piecing in their mind the little message you're giving them as a part of the piece. But they've already built the castle. Mm-hmm. They've already believe. They already know the outcome. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to mani- manipulate themselves. How am I going to really get there? Because I'm going to get there. Yeah. Now, how am I getting there? No, I know exactly really, what you're saying. Yeah, it, 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 it's hard to describe it, but when you're around it, yeah, it's ex- it's exactly like the Tiger Woods scenario when he can't make this shot. There's no way. Heck, there's no. Bam! He makes a shot. Oh my God! Yeah. Well, well, he's done it so many times. It, it's this. It, it's really cool, you know. And it is that look. It's kind of that look where where basically they're not saying anything, but you can see you can see that that cog in there moving those parts, and and their the vision is coming together. And you've just added another dimension to that vision, and they've already got it. And then they just at what some point they just get up, step up, bump, do it, and you do. Everybody goes, "Oh my god!" And I see that. I see that in Pat. And Baker had it this year. He had that swagger. Uh, and what a great season, by the way, that he had and so forth is it? I think, you know, Pat's certainly been defined by all the accomplishments that he's already done. But, you know, making it through, this is a tougher season. You got a, a very tough Ravens team that leads the league in rushing and, and pretty good in regards to getting a lot of sacks. You know, this is a different game than he's had to face, you know, on the road here and, and so forth. And he got through, you know, I always said to everybody last week's game and everybody's talking about Josh Allen. I go, well, I get Josh Allen. He's a great quarterback and everything. And he's a superstar and they're asking him to be Superman. But what about our Superman over there with the Chiefs? I mean, let's not forget he is the quintessential Superman and, and, uh, Josh Allen is still not there. That was a psychological damaging loss for those guys. I don't think they're ever going to beat the Chiefs in any playoff scenario as long as Patrick Mahomes is at the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the Bills are done. I think they're psychologically going to be very injured off of that loss. And then here we're looking at this game. Lamar Jackson, not one a big one. One and three in playoffs games. I mean, can he do it this year? Is this Lamar Jackson's year or is Pat going to be the spoiler again? Yeah, I, I mean, there's I mean, there's no way that I would ever, ever, ever pick against Michael Jordan. Well, you're saying the same thing here. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I would laugh. I would laugh at people that tell me, Michael, you know, I said, okay, all right, make sure you turn on the TV. Make sure you watch. <laughs> watch the game. Good, yeah. Good luck. I mean, yeah. And there's, there's one other guy, there's Tiger Woods, there's Michael Jordan. And in my opinion, not because I'm close with him. I think he is now where Tom Brady, it's the same deal. Yep. It's, it's like almost, it's almost like handling the baton over and, we talked this week briefly, and and he, it was the what he said doesn't matter, and and I said, well, here's what I know, I, I'm not that smart anymore, but I do know this. I watched you go 16 for 20 at Buffalo, and so I know for a fact you can go 25 for 30 in Baltimore. 
that's that. And Jeff, too, like talk a little bit about the weight, the value of having done it. Right. And you brought up, you know, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, that psyche. You think about Tiger Woods, he's wearing the red shirt. It's on Sunday. You're with him. You could be up five strokes and you know somehow you are going to lose at the end of the day. I feel like that's it too. There are those players there that know that, hey, you know what? On paper, well, Dallas was better on paper than the Packers. You know, the end is not predetermined, is that they know that this is going to be a very tough game, regardless of what the stats say. Well, Dane, here, here it is. This is the best way I can say it to you. There was a time I was like this in, in my mind, in my heart, in my soul as a player. I knew it was happening. There was not one fiber of doubt in my being that it was happening. I was winning. I knew it. At a certain point, various athletes get to a different point, and they might say it, but it goes away. You say it, but you, you, there's still a level of doubt in your mind. Well, those guys are called backups. Pat Mahomes, there is not a ounce of fiber in his being. Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, it's happening. And doubt never enters into their brain pan. And they believe it as such. They throw an interception. It does not make him doubt his abilities one iota. Michael Jordan misses a, misses a three to lose a game at the buzzer. The next game, he'd probably go seven for seven from three. Tiger Woods on a 45-foot putt. They're just different. And when I tell you this, it's God's truth. Nothing intimidates him. We brought it up, and Jim Bob and I were talking a little bit about that same correlation with uh, Michael Jordan and Pat Mahomes, and it's kind of like, remember if you're like the Cleveland Cavaliers had some great teams, right? And it was just, there was just no way they were ever going to beat them. The New York Knicks, right? Those Patrick Ewing teams went up against the Bulls, and there was just no way. That's where it stopped. And I feel like that, Jim Bob talks about the permanence of that loss just psychologically for them is that they won't they won't win, and uh, that Buffalo will never be able to get past it. And and I, I kind of have to tend to agree. We've all seen that kind of stuff happen. Here's the deal that I, I looked at that Bills matchup and reading this about Josh Allen and, and the mistakes that may, they made. And I had somebody on today who's a big-time gambler out in Las Vegas, and he says that when you start doing the breakdown of the Chiefs, Everybody loves Patrick. Everybody loves Patrick, and they, they there's a great comparison on Michael Jordan's side, but they're not fans of the Chiefs receivers other than Kelsey. And even Kelsey's part of that most drop pass in the league element. What's your thoughts on everybody talking about the drop passes by the receiver core and how these guys have like, listen, that game against the Bills, he fumbles it out of bounds. And the question is, number one, that's the most, that rule's got to change. You fumble the ball, goes out of bounds, and the other team gets it on 20 for a six-inch six penalty, and you get penalized that much. That's the stupidest rule, I think, in sports. That's got to change, number one. But again, here's the receiver, fumbles the ball out, or it's like, the to, to me, it's like either fumbles or drop passes. And the big-time gamblers, I'm talking about the six-figure gamblers and the seven-figure gamblers are saying that the Chiefs receiver core is going to lose this game for the Kansas City Chiefs out in Las Vegas today. Your thoughts? Okay, have at it. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I saw what Valdez did on Sunday. I mean, all right, go ahead, bet against them. I think they've washed it. I think that the way that Travis and Patrick lead, they've never doubted those kids. They had some. They had a rough patch. 
I think Sunday, Valdez catching those two balls, and they were both hard catches. They were both slightly a little, not in the perfect spot, but close. And he had to make an adjustment, caught them both with his hands, huge plays. And I think that, in my mind, the way Pat delivered it, the way it was caught, it like all the pressure in the building just went away for all of them. The fumble's the fumble. I mean, it was it was silly. He shouldn't have stuck it out. It would have been first, second goal from the half yard line. It was a mistake. It, it is what it is. I just I don't think they're going there in their mind. I think it's 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 like a freshman that plays twelve games and in the thirteenth game he's now a sophomore. I think they've grown from it. I think they're 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 gonna they're gonna call plays appropriately and I think Pat's throwing the ball so well. And if they drop a couple, I don't think it gets to ever the the point of where they drop six. I th- I think they're gonna I think they've washed it. I think they'll be fine. Okay, here you heard I'm it, not, folks. I'm not, I'm not going to doubt it. Okay, you there know, you heard better, it. That was my lingering you know, you question. Know, you know how many of those doubters are bricklayers? They own truck companies. They couldn't throw a spiral. They couldn't hit the ocean from the beach. What do I care yeah. what the hell they think? Yeah, no, I hear you there. I'm talking about six-figure and seven-figure gamblers out there in Las Vegas I, right now. I don't I don't care. I could care less if they're 25-digit gamblers. They inherited <laughs> There you go, ladies and gentlemen. The twenty-five figure gamblers, which is a kajillion. So yeah, this is serious players. Yeah, yeah, those are serious players. In fact, they they own their own gambling arena up there in the universe somewhere. But that's their kajillionaire gamblers. But no, I hear you. I'm just saying what you know. The odds are moving. The uh, the Ravens move. You know, half a point today, and so now the Chiefs are plus four. Boy, I'm a I'm a big favorite of of any time the Chiefs are plus. I'm going to take uh, the Chiefs and put another six on it, and put six on the Lions, and and take ten points and thirteen points respectively. And and I'm not going to bet six figures or seven figures, but I'm going to bet a car. Yeah, I'm going to bet a car. You know, I'm going to do that for sure. <laughs> well, that's, that's a practical bet. Yeah. You get a mode of transportation. I wanted to ask, as a guy who has coached and taught and instructed in all of those, and of course on the inspirational side as far as people believing in what it is that they could accomplish if they followed the instructions, followed the system. When it comes to the Lions, and you look at Dan Campbell, more so than any other coach this year, people are saying an amazing job that he did. Basically because of you know he's changed not only the game plan, certainly some of the players and the plays, but the culture. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Is that all smoke and mirrors? Is that all just emotional? Does that you know, can it come and go or is that gonna play a role on the field this Sunday? Well, I think there's two issues there. The first issue is when you are a downtrodden organization as they were, it's kinda of like the Cubs were for all those years. The Cubs went out, they got the old man to manage them, and then he completely rebuilt the culture with kids that were made the right way. And I love their manager. Joe Madden. The guy from Tampa. Yeah, Joe Madden. Loved him because he got it. Well, Dan was allowed to do the same thing in Detroit, and they did a great job, I think, picking the human beings they wanted in that locker room, more so than talent. And I think that's what you have to do, first of all, when you have to turn around a complete losing organization for a gazillion years. And he was allowed to do that. And then to his credit, because the way he's made, he went out and got some tough snot nosed guys like the defensive end from Michigan, who is a great player, that offensive line. They got some great players. That center Ragnow is incredible. Sewell, the guard, the tackles incredible. And then the other day when second down, second down and nine, do we run it to make them burn a timeout? Do you do whatever you're going to do? 
they threw a curl route with Jared Goff and put the game in his hands, something you a play you would never call, and he threw a strike for a first down. So Jared Goff right now, the first time ever in his life, knows and is being treated like Matt Stafford gets treated and like Pat gets treated. And he is in Detroit. He is the king. And confidence at a quarterback position, there's nothing more important. And when you look at his fourth quarter numbers this year, 30 touchdown passes, four interceptions, the highest quarterback rating in the league, he's ultra confident. And building that mentality, and Jim Bob, you can speak about this, being on the teams you played on. But building that mentality, what Dan Campbell has done there, is off the charts incredible. Yeah. It's just incredible. And when you get that, again, it's a different way. It's a different reasoning behind it, much like Kansas City. When it gets going down that track, it's hard to dismantle it. It's that momentum. There's nothing like momentum when there's a group that are doing it. And and it's it's remarkable a lot. He's done an incredible job. Jeff, think about this, the quarterback comparison, and you have it where you have Jared Goff came out of into the draft as a top draft pick, and you have Mr. Irrelevant, right? They're both at par, having great teams on the field for the you NFC. Can't make, you, can't, you, just, you can't make it up. It's like, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> right? But here they both are in the exact same place, leading a team for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Your, your thoughts on that? I mean, Purdy has done a bunch of things, and people you sort of discount him as a product of a system. But I got to say, and Jim Bob and I talked about it a little bit earlier, against the Packers, he didn't look like super special or anything. You know, your thoughts on that, the comparison on the quarterback side? Well, they're basically identical, meaning they're just not doing anything. Well, Purdy did a couple times, but he's got a superior talent around him for the teams they played against. They're doing what's asked of them. They're, they're putting the ball in the right spot on time in the critical moments of the game. Uh, Green Bay played poorly in the in the second half. They had him on the ropes, but Purdy didn't, didn't, didn't compound the mistakes in the fourth quarter. He didn't, he didn't like go sideways for a young guy. He stayed confident and made some that last drive, made some good throws and, and put simple throws in perfect spots with no risk and did what was asked of him. And that's exactly what Jared is doing. The one thing about the Lions that I really respect and what Jared's doing that I really respect, and Sonny Dykes, who I was with yesterday at TCU, was his coach in college. And we had a long talk about him and this whole situation. And they are throwing the ball in the middle of the field as good as any team I've seen in 10 years. They're exploiting crossing routes in the middle of the field like a son of a gun. And when you're doing that, that should tell everybody, anybody, the quarterback is seeing the field extremely well. And when you see the field that well, then the game appears very slow, and then out routes become bigger plays because you're condensing what outside linebackers and safeties can do. They can't just run to the boundary. And now you get bigger plays on the edge. So the whole thing is kind of like an out-of-control train. So, yeah, it's it's been interesting to watch it. You know, we're talking about uh, Dan Campbell and his inspiration. I mean, him and uh, D'Amico Ryans um, of the Texans were, were my two candidates for, you know, coach of the year job. You know, this game is a lot about the quarterbacks, but with the Chiefs, and well, all the games are at this point with the last four, you know, these, these guys coming into this, this game is that, it comes down to the, how we're going to play and how we're going to defense people and what plays we're going to call. I think getting to this part, you can see, like, for example, like the Philadelphia Eagles are a great example of, of not having those coaches that, you know, can really call 
a, a whole season. You know, it's I think it's it's easy to call the first five, six to ten games of the NFL season easier. It's I tell you what, after that, people have got a lot of film on you. It gets hard, and you see what happened to the Eagles. They went like one and seven to finish out the year, and both the Chiefs, the Ravens, have a, a very experienced play calling group on their coaches. I look at the coaching matchup as as very much pretty even. And I was looking at at the Ravens' uh, schedule the other day, and you know they dismantled the Lions at, at midseason. You know, I mean, they dismantled the Seahawks in midseason. The the guys they lost to the Browns. They beat up on the Ravens pretty good. But uh, I, I look back. I mean, the Rams gave them a heck of a game uh, at the end of the year. But boy, they really just haven't been pressed. Here at the end of the year, I mean, gosh dang, you know, they were beating people 56 to 19. They just, they demolished the, the Dolphins, you know, in December. Your thoughts about going in this? There's a lot of, a lot of analytics that point to the Ravens are leading in so many different divisions. But the, one of the key things they say is that the Patrick Mahomes element. <laughs> well, that situation is, it's kind of like that left handed pitcher from the Dodgers, Kershaw. Yeah. When it goes bad, you just see it really slip hard where it, it just goes sideways. Well, Baltimore's been a bunch of blow, and I'm not saying this is going to happen. Baltimore's been a bunch of runaway blowouts, and it's all gravy, and it's all easy, and it's all rock and roll. Spags, the defensive coordinator, has done a remarkable job this year at picking moments and how he's picked them of when he goes at the pressure and the quarterbacks, whether it be a run pressure or pass pressure. And he's got a freaky way now of picking out seven plays a game. And he kind of waits around like a, like a little amoeba that flies, that swims beside the shark. And he kind of picks that moment. And he's been very accurate at when he dials it up and it's worked. He did it the other day to Buffalo. And teams that blow everybody out, you get in that tight game and all of a sudden people get tight. And all of a sudden, there's a mistake, and all of a sudden, and I think that tightness there they showed on the go route Josh threw to Diggs that could have been caught, but the bottom line is it wasn't caught. And, you know, there's just those little moments, and so teams that blow everybody out, they get in a fist fight, and they start looking around like, what are we doing? We're not winning by 14 points. Well, no, it's a tie ball game, and it's on the line now. And all of a sudden, there's a turnover. All of a sudden, there's a... And then when it starts to go slip, it really slips. Mm-hmm. Exactly the same position. The Super Bowl last year, Philadelphia, the Chiefs, Pat's limping into the locker room. He's hurt again. He goes in. They put some magic sauce on the on the ankle. He knows he has to come out. They receive. He knows they have to score. And what, he, what happened in that scenario, he was 13 for 14 in the second half with a throwaway, played perfect, and they won. He played perfect. They have a maturity and a vision on that team, it appears to me, a confidence level from a coaching and playing standpoint, where they're just going to wait like the boxer, that just like a Muhammad Ali, you know, the other guy that probably we missed in this, in this conversation. Zero doubt. They mm-hmm. just sit and they grind and they wait. And they sit and they grind and they wait. And all of a sudden, bang, there it is. 
And we're going to find out if Baltimore has the same characteristic. You know, I, I don't know. We're going to, ladies and gentlemen, watching. we're going to bring on Lamar Jackson's throwing coach next, and he's going to say a complete <laughs> 180 to what we just experienced. So we he's actually don't, need to, we don't exactly need to bring him on. <laughs> but no, I'll tell you, is that it's, it's clear that, that our buddy uh, Jeff is, is biased. And, and here's why Patrick Mahomes. Uh, has only lost a couple playoff games. He lost to Tom Brady a couple times. He had to, lost to Joe Burrow once. But in playoff games, he's 13-0 and against everybody else. And so, I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. That's why they play the game. But uh, I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I am so rooting for for Pat and Travis and the rest of the team to, to come on board. I, I will tell you, I think the game's easy. I will tell you, Jeff, you and I talk about all the time about schemes. Look, I think Kansas City's got two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I lock down the receiver. I make Jackson beat you with the perfect throw to the other players. And I play a defense that brings the heat. And I spy Jackson and keep him from getting 30 yards with his feet and extending the play. And we win the game. That's how it goes. You got, it's that simple. If you can, if you can scheme and stop that rushing game, you got the corners. They're going to lock him down. If you make them beat you with that rushing game and you focus on that rushing game, you focus on not letting Lamar Jackson extend the play and beat you when you've got him locked up and he runs around for uh, Because if you let him get 30, he gets 80. And if he gets 80, he gets a touchdown or two. And so I think that the key is this is really going to be the Kansas City defense. Well, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. No, I, I agree. And, and, uh, I made the statement last year that the – I don't want to jinx it. I probably shouldn't say this all out. That I thought the Chiefs had the best draft of anybody in the league. And they said, what are you talking about? And I said, four weeks before the draft, I think it was, five weeks, they got Tranquil for a song and a dance as a free agent. And I said, that kid can play. Mm-hmm. I watched him at San Diego make play after play after play in big moments in games. And uh, he's, a, he's a dude. How about him for the first? Yeah, I agree with that. How about Thuney? Is Thuney okay? Because he left the game against Buffalo with a pec injury and he didn't practice. Is he going to be able to make it? Because you know he's yeah. yeah. I don't know. I I don't know. But I know I know Al Gretti can flat play. Yeah, I mean he can play, and those and those players love Al Gretti. He's and he's a he's a badass from Chicago, from Lincoln Way East. He's a he's a man's man. He can play. Yeah, well, those guys like that. When you have when you have a backup linebacker with that much moxie and savvy, it just adds to a lot of things you can and can't do. And I'm not, I don't know, obviously I'm biased, but I'm not rooting against anybody. I I want to see Patrick get the ultimate challenge because I know he wants to see it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, it's almost like he was, can I do this? Can I do this one more time? All right, let's go. Yeah. All right, you dump me this? All right, let's yeah. go. And Travis, is, Travis is the same way. Yeah. And it's it's really cool to just be in it, to see it, to watch it, to listen to it afterwards, to be, it's been a really good experience for me because it's it's taught me a couple of valuable lessons about self-belief and and how you treat people and how you gain people's trust and respect and all that stuff and then go to work and prove it i gotta tell you i disagree with you on one thing is that i really liked it when when i was in high school and we won 86 to nothing i liked that and then then we turned around the next week and we won a very tough game to go to the state playoffs 21 to 19 i like that too I just like winning. <laughs> and if I win 86 to nothing, I don't want the challenge, baby. I just want the W. <laughs> well, well, guys, you know, here's the thing is, and Jim Bob and I were talking about it too. And Patrick Mahomes in the, uh, in the press conference, what's interesting is he sees that 
whole kind of historical perspective of the whole thing. He's not just in there winning games, playing games, meeting challenges, succeeding and all that. He was saying like, you know, just like he had grown up watching great games and great players, he's just excited to be a part of really what is making history and how that is growing that next generation of fans. But he's conscious of it all. I'm just really impressed by it. You know, just the whole, like you said, obviously the, you know, the talent and the field, but I believe it. And I, you know, I agree with you, Jeff, too, that he, he loves a good challenge. He'd rather have a great game you know, where he can achieve some things rather than me. Of course, as Jim Bob said, it's nice to win 89 to nothing, but it's all he knows. It's all he knows. He's at the world series in the outfield, shagging balls and Barry Bonds is holding him with a four year old in the batting cage. I mean, it's all the kid knows is championship mentality. That's all he knows. Yeah, it is true. His, and, his upbringing. And, 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 yeah. And he, he is very much. So what I'm so proud of him about is this. He is an old soul, and he exactly what you said that he he want, he loves being part of the history. He loves and respects everybody he competes against. Michael Jordan saying, and this is what really dismays me about where we are as a society: these guys trying to rig their teams and play together. Michael Jordan, remember Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, and Magic Johnson say, "I don't want to play with them. I like I love playing against them too so much. There's no way in hell I want to play with them." Yep. Well, that's how Pat is. Some of these new kids that want to rig these teams, it's sinful to me. You lose the beauty in the game. Well, a lifetime of experiences and having all that championship coaching and just presence around him, I'm sure he'd be the first one to say the most valuable experience was imparted to him from the man behind Throw It Deep, Jeff Christensen, right? And so thanks, Jeff, so much for everything. That's why they play the games. It's going to be exciting to be able to watch those games and see that history happen and to have you be a part of shaping. It's got to be super rewarding. So uh, thanks for everything you're doing. Thanks for jumping on the show today. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm pretty lucky. Very blessed, very lucky, very fortunate. And yeah. I get to hang out with people like Jim Bob. I mean, how could it be? Well, buddy, I mean, let's, uh, let's not. He let's, scored 12 touchdowns in one game. Yeah, let's not brag about this. This is a moment about bragging about Patrick Mahomes and my buddy Jeff Christensen and everything he does to make everybody great. I wish he would have been my throwing coach. I would have had a whole different career. I would have much rather played quarterback than safety. <laughs> if that were to happen, everybody was to be running the wishbone. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, buddy. Hey, have a great weekend, and uh, let's go, Chiefs. Thanks, bud. Tell me how. See you, buddy. Bye, then.